Welcome to the Theo Soul Podcast, where theology meets sociology, along with a little bit of soul. I'm your host, Chad Cooper. On today's episode, we're going to talk about Sunday School Sundays. This is when we set aside some time for Christian education. We'll go over a Bible lesson that includes the scripture verses, a brief introduction and background of the lesson, then an exposition will give a verse-by-verse verse breakdown. Final, finally, we will have summary, life application, the DDR home daily devotional readings. On today's episode, we're going to begin our summer Sunday School Sundays teaching series for the months of June, July, and August of 2021. The summer teaching series will look at God's gift of faith as the source of hope and faith. For the month of June, it will focus on gospel stories of Jesus' teaching and miracles. For the months of July and August, it will explore Paul's letter to the Romans and his understanding of the hope of salvation through faith and look in other epistles as at faith as essential for the hope of eternal life. A brief overview of these summer teaching series for these 13 lessons will include for June the theme is about Jesus teaches about faith we will cover lessons the first four weeks in the gospel according to Matthew about why do you worry why are you afraid healed by faith why do you doubt and then from the the gospel according to Luke we will look at an attitude of gratitude for the month of July we will look at the theme of faith and salvation we will look at lessons from the epistle of Romans on titles including the power of the gospel the faith of Abraham, justification through faith, and salvation for all who believe. Finally, for the month of August, we will look at the theme of faith gives us hope. These Bible lessons will talk about the meaning of faith, a persevering faith, a conquering faith, and hope eternal. For today's Sunday School Sundays episode, we're going to talk about no worries or why do you worry? Our scripture verses will come from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 6 verses 25 through 34. However, I highly recommend that you read beginning at verse 19. 
our key verse, our memory verse, will be Matthew chapter 6, verses 32 through 33. We will read from the New King James Version. It says, For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. That is our main thought. Our unifying principle is this. Life's uncertainties can lead people to worry about how to obtain their basic needs. Who can we trust to meet all of our needs? The Gospel of Matthew points out that our God, who is truly sovereign, will fulfill our needs. Our lesson today is taken from what biblical scholars have come to term as the Sermon on the Mount. See Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. Although commonly considered as one sermon, this passage is actually considered by many to be a series of sermons and Jesus' most popular teachings compiled together. As we explore this divine discourse, we note that it opens with the Beatitudes in chapter 5. In chapter 6, Jesus continues his central kingdom teachings sharing with us essentially that we should aim to please God and God alone. Jesus lists and teaches about a cornucopia of righteous acts from praying to fasting and almsgiving, reminding us that our chief audience is God. He then goes on to teach in the verses preceding our lesson about the place of material things and warns us against covetedness. Now in our lesson today, Jesus builds on the previous themes of rightly serving God and correctly appropriating material things by warning us against worrying about temporal and material things. Previously, Jesus had taught about the life of a disciple and the proper relationship to money. Although money is not explicitly mentioned in our current lesson, it is filled with veiled references to money. Roman occupation placed a burden on the people in unjust, exorbitant taxes and Roman usurpation of the country's produce. The cumulative effect of these forces would compel anyone to examine their financial status. A component of Jesus' discourse is that his people should not store up treasures on earth, as the heart is where our treasures lie. Money by itself will erode and become useless, whereas the heart will be everlasting if immersed in the Lord. It is conceivable that the disciples have begun to worry or have anxiety about obtaining life's necessities. 
Any form of trepidation of this nature would only undermine and distract from the real mission, disseminating the gospel. This imagery will serve as a backdrop for the disciples' understanding of how God will supply all of their needs. Jesus' message is one that holds value across many different epochs. Most people worry about the necessities of life at some point or another. This passage of scripture points to the fact that most of Jesus' followers were and are a few steps away from living in dire poverty. Nonetheless, God works it out. We should not worry. Think about it. What is wealth? What are riches? Of course, the definition varies with the diverse opinions of persons. Wealth and riches cannot be measured unilaterally. How much money cures cancer? How much money can reverse aging? Jesus teaches that wealth and riches invested in eternal life will never erode. Our lesson exposition begins with section one entitled, God Cares for You. We will read Matthew chapter six, verses 25 through 31. We will read from the New King James Version today. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? God cares for you. The hymn by Sevilla D. Martin expresses the sentiments of this text. It encourages us to, quote, and these are lyrics from the hymn. Be not dismayed, whatever betide, God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. 
God will take care of you through every day, over all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. The New Interpreter's Bible suggests the man who wishes to store up treasure in heaven. Uh, citation from verse 20 of the same chapter of Matthew chapter 6. Have the guiding principle of his life straight. Verse 22. And serve God rather than property. Verse 24. Must get free of worry. Jesus issued a point blank imperative. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Jesus' point centered on the great gift of life and God's ability and willingness to there to provide for his sustenance. The word therefore connects this pericope of scripture with the previous one. Investing in heavenly treasure is more beneficial and profitable. When one makes this type of spiritual investment, it provides one with a sense of security that expands beyond human life. It connects one to the creator, sustainer, and redeemer of the universe. When one bases or establishes one's life on God, there is no need for anxiety or worry. The fact of the matter is, God cares for humanity. And his caring reaches into every aspect of life. Eating, drinking, clothing, shelter, and more. Jesus' message personalizes God. He is the God who dirtied his hands to make human beings from the soil of the earth. He is the God who stooped to breathe life into that clay body. Moreover, he is the God who made male and female in his own image and likeness. See the reference to Genesis chapters 1 and 2. At first glance, it appears that the Lord Jesus was uttering mere words of comfort and encouragement. But the intent of the Lord was not to offer pleasantries. Jesus was not concerned to pull the disciples through a single moment of despair. Rather, his intent was to direct and govern a lifestyle. He addressed a way of life. Disciples must embark on a life of trust in God. They are to trust God in all aspects of their lives. Jesus moved in verse 25 to elevate the disciples' concept and understanding of life. Life consists of more than going through the routine of eating, drinking, and wearing clothes. Human life was meant to be lived in close proximity with God, its creator. Human life was to be closely associated 
with the God who called it into existence. Verse 26 supports this interpretation. Jesus pointed out the condition of the birds of the air as an example. Birds do not work to develop their foods, yet they are fed. God feeds them. As the crown of God's created order, the ones who are made in God's image and likeness. Jesus pointedly asked, are you not of more value than they? By asking this rhetorical question, Jesus was trying to get the disciples to consider the importance of the divine human relationship. It was not abstract and impersonal, as was the case in Greek and Roman mythology. God did not use human beings as toys from which he obtained humor or entertainment. Jesus noted God's personal concern for each person. You are worth more. Humanity's intrinsic value outweighed those of other members of the created order. All of the created order has value, but humanity's value as partner with God and as steward of creation, according to Jesus' use of the superlative, it sees all others. Therefore, worrying about life's necessities that God supplies even to birds is counterproductive. It does not add value or time to life. The examples Jesus used in this pericope actually are reminders of God's great care for humanity. God takes care of the birds of the air. He glorifies and beautifies the earth with grass and flowers that, comparatively speaking, Solomon with all of his riches could not compete with. This greenery beautifies the earth today, but is used as fuel to heat our oven tomorrow. Yet the fact of the matter is, if God takes so much care in how he weaves the grass that is soon to be burned to provide heat, then how much more is he concerned for those who reflect his image and likeness? Jesus reassured the disciples they are in God's kind and all competent, loving hands. Based upon the platform of trusting God, Jesus concluded there exists no need for anxiety. Some people disagree with the precepts of this text because it appears Jesus was simply saying, quote, do nothing. All will be provided for you, end quote. But that is not what Jesus was alluding to at all. Jesus knew work is a part of the experience of life. That is why he pointed to the bird's resourcefulness. Jesus also commended to the unjust steward 
for using his ingenuity for making a way for himself, even though he condemned his methods. See Luke chapter 16 verses 1 to 12. Earlier in Luke's gospel, Jesus warned his disciples that life did not consist of the abundance of goods. See Luke chapter 12 verses 15 through 21. Furthermore, the temptation narratives recorded in both Matthew and Luke warn that people cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. See Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 4, Luke chapter 4 verses 1 through 4. All that to say, yes, we are to work to earn a livelihood. However, our lives should not be so focused on the accumulation of goods or on satisfying our physical needs that we forget God. Our lives should not be so focused upon ourselves and our needs that we minimize our need of God and of his loving care for us. Jesus insisted a relationship with our Lord and Creator should take preference over everything else. Section 2 of our exposition is entitled Seek God's Kingdom. We read Matthew chapter 6 verses 32 and 33. Again from the New King James Version it says, For after all these things the Gentiles seek it. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. The thrust of this pericope is to direct disciples to seek the kingdom of God. Jesus illustrated this by providing a contrast between Jewish and Gentile life. The Jewish people as a whole possessed a solid religious inclination and were much aware of the need to build their lives on a foundation of trust in God. The first four of the Ten Commandments direct the Hebrews to worship and acknowledge the Lord God as their source of life and point of worship. See Exodus chapter 20 verses 1 through 11. Those who did not possess this inclination toward the God of Abraham, the Gentiles, were not aware of their need for God. Gentiles in general did not possess a solid understanding of God. Their gods consisted of idols, riotous living, wayward lifestyles, and earthly ambitions of power and fame. Jesus warned his hearers to avoid seeking after these things. He knew human beings were created for a higher purpose. That purpose 
is to seek after God's presence. The word seek is important here. It means to strive for, to search for, or to pursue after. Followers of Jesus are to seek after God. Recognition and acknowledgement of God as creator and Lord are to be pursued before temporal blessings. In fact, by putting first things first, seeking after the kingdom of God and his righteousness, one will find God's gift of temporal blessings as a mainstay in their lives. When Solomon asked God for wisdom to rule the children of Israel effectively, God was pleased with his request and granted him the things he did not ask for, riches, honor, glory, and long life. See 1 Kings chapter 3 verses 5 through 14. The text makes it clear temporal blessings are automatic for those who seek God's presence. They are an outgrowth of a personal relationship with and trust in God. Section three of our exposition is entitled, Don't Worry About Tomorrow. Verse 34 of Matthew chapter six reads from the King, New King James Version. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The last verse to be examined in this passage expands the concept of trust in God beyond the supplying of basic necessities of life into the unknown and uncertain future. The providential care of God for humanity extends into eternity. Jesus affirmed the unknown future is known by God. Therefore, we should completely entrust our tomorrows into his loving hands. Again, he reissued the imperative or prohibition to not be anxious based upon relationship with God. The motif is if Jesus' followers seek God as a priority, they have a God who not only will provide for their temporal needs, but one who will assure their future prosperity. Jesus alerted his listeners that each day will have his own set of challenges. But he also assured them God can handle those challenges. Seeking first the kingdom of God has its own set of benefits, one of which is to face the future and other obstacles 
with the confidence that the hymnologist Sevilla D. Martin expressed so eloquently in her hymn, God will take care of you. Here's some life application and concluding summary remarks. Instead of worrying, Christians who have a relationship with Jesus will have begun praying as soon as the situation strikes because prayer softens the emotion of worry as we trust in the intervention of the Lord God already has our issues covered because he knows that each day will have its own reason to worry. This is Jesus' point in the lesson because God knows we should not worry. However, it is not just that God knows, but God cares tenderly for his creation humanity included. We, on the other hand, ought not worry because of who he is. Frequently, tags on clothing carry instructions about what should not be done to the garment. These directions should be followed because they come from the designer, the maker of the garment who has exclusive knowledge about the product. Likewise, in our lesson today, the designer and maker of our lives, Jesus gives us some careful instructions. He says, do not worry. Since Jesus made us, we should listen to him and heed his care instructions. Consider that anxiety has an adverse impact on our minds and bodies. It is no wonder God has cautioned us not to worry. Today's Sunday School Sunday lesson hashtag is hashtag no worries. Why is worry a bad idea in an anxious world? Share your views and tag us at CJCooper929 on Instagram and Twitter or Chad Cooper on Facebook and use hashtag Sunday School Sundays. Hashtag the old soul podcast. Hashtag no worries. Our DDR, our home daily devotional readings. Monday, do not fear the storm. Mark 4 35 through 41. Tuesday, do not fear persecution. Matthew 24, 9 through 14. Wednesday, no separation from God's love. Romans 8, 31 through 39. 
Thursday. I have overcome the world. John 16, 25 through 33. Friday. Choose to follow me now. Matthew 8, 18 through 22. Saturday. Jesus delivers the demon possessed. Matthew 8, 28 through 34. Sunday. Jesus steals the stormy sea. Matthew 8, 23 through 27. This has been another episode of the Theo Soul Podcast. Sunday School Sundays. You can listen to the podcast on many platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, and Breaker. If you would like to donate, you can do so by donating to my cash app. And it's dollar sign CJ Cooper 22. You can follow us on social media. On Facebook, you can look us up, Chad Cooper. On Instagram and Twitter, you can look us up at CJ Cooper 929. We hope you enjoyed today's Bible lesson. And we hope you stay tuned. As we said earlier, that we are beginning a new teaching series. The summer teaching series will be about faith for these months of June, July, and August. Take care and God bless.